The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Open your stomata and ready your roots for another episode of Planty Podcast Extraordinaire on the Ledge. I'm your filthy fingernailed host, Jane Perone, here to guide you through the jungle that is the world of houseplants. And in this week's show, I take a trip to the wonderful county of Hertfordshire to meet Sarah Gerard Jones, aka the plant rescuer. And I answer a question about an avocado that just doesn't want to be bushy. A reminder right at the top of the episode that there will be no episode next week. That's June the 4th because I'm taking a break for half term when my children are on leave from school. I will be back on Friday, June the 11th. If you are in the Leicestershire area of the UK on May the 31st, this coming Monday, then do check out the Leaf Houseplant Festival where I'll be doing a houseplant clinic at three o'clock on the Monday. The show is also on on the 30th of May, the Sunday, and I'll put all the details in the show notes, including a discount code for booking tickets. Thank you to Root and Rose in the US, T-Boy 63 in the UK, and a Lady Eleanor Glanville. I thought she was a lepidopterist from the last century, but perhaps it's one of her descendants. Anyway, Lady Eleanor Glanville left a review and is from the UK. So thanks to all three of you. All of those lovely words just warmed me old cockles. So thank you so much. And also thanks need to be given to Tony and Mackenzie, who became legends, and Mary, who became a crazy plant person, joining the more than 300 people who've become Patreon subscribers with their hard-earned cash. Find out more in the show notes. There you'll also find info for making a one-off donation via PayPal or co-fi.com. guest Sarah Gerard Jones and I have an awful lot in common. We're both in our 40s, we both own beddy whippets, we both live in houses with north-facing plant rooms and we live less than an hour's drive away from each other. But Sarah is known as the plant rescuer because she's got a very strong urge to rescue the plants that other people would put in the bin and breathe new life into them via a bit of good old-fashioned TLC. In my very first opportunity to leave the On The Ledge studio this year, I mean, I have been out of it, but, you know, for a work trip, I visited Sarah's house in St Albans in Hertfordshire 
and we sat down for a chat. And it went the way it usually does when I'm really enthusiastic about a guest. Uh, And that is that I basically just forgot to start the interview proper. So that's why it starts a bit randomly. Uh, I have to point out that at this point, we'd already spent at least half an hour talking about dogs. So uh, yes, she's got a lovely Betty Whippet and two Devon Rex cats which you can see pictures of on her Instagram, which is quite simply the plant rescuer. So I hope you enjoy this chat. Imagine you're sitting round the kitchen table with us chatting about plants. What could be better? I'm just looking at that. I really need to talk about with so many things we need to talk about. <laughs> it's so nice to meet you. It's nice to, to be in your lovely home. And I feel like I've been here before. Because actually, I feel like we're soul sisters. Yeah, I feel like we've been separated at birth because actually I feel like I've been here before. I've seen so many of these plants on Instagram right. and followed your rescue stories. Oh, it's you. very, very exciting that we can finally do it's this. It's so exciting because, of course, we've been kept apart by COVID, haven't we? I know. Yes, we were planning to do this some time ago and now we're actually getting around to it now that hopefully things are on the mend. Have your plants been a nice little distraction distraction oh during God. this Can't past year absolutely but i don't know how they're going to cope when you know life returns to normal mm. and they don't get all this tlc all the time actually it's made me re- realize how much work they take yeah you know when you've got the time to spend with them i can spend like literally all day exactly and i do and think I this how is, i do anything else i think this is a message we need to get out there that you know it's not necessary necessary for everybody to have 200 plants you know sometimes i mean you know how much work's involved in rescuing a plant let's let's just talk about that side of things first how did that all begin how did you get into rescuing plants is it a lifelong thing or is it something that's you know kind what? it sounds so strange to say it but i feel like it really chose me does that sound weird <laughs> no <laughs> i was going out to buy paints about five years ago local diy store i won't mention any names that's right you can mention names that's yeah. fine <laughs> name and shame home base yeah and uh while i was there looking for paint i noticed there was somebody binning the orchids that have mm. stopped flowering mm. and it just struck me that that was really sad that mm. they were being binned mid their life cycle just because they didn't look perfect anymore and weren't flowering anymore because of course you know that if you keep an orchid it can rebloom it was just really sad to see them just being discarded chucked away so I went over and I said could I have those and I literally came home from home base with like 20 orchids in my boot no pain I think (laughs) (laughs) but anyway I I nurtured them I looked you know I read up about them I, I found out what I could do to make them bloom again and when they did it was just really rewarding and since that point, this was like going back five years now, I just am obsessed with trying to find plants before they're binned. I find it's just a really, um, it's shameful. It's like an awful reflection on humans that, you know, we discard everything. We, we, we can't be bothered to fix anything. You know, we want now, now, now. We want, you know, if something's broken, it just is, that's it done. But I think with plants, you know, there is so much to be learnt and so much fun to be had from experimenting and um yeah I just it it feels like it's my vocation in life to do this and so you've got this huge following on Instagram of people who are (laughs) that's crazy that's really uh, great in that you're able to sort of spread that message uh, to lots of people who are collecting plants because yeah you know as as you know in the past year or so 
things have exploded in the houseplant world, which is a great thing. But also I wonder whether it's actually meaning that the problems got worse in that there are lots of plants that are not being sold and therefore going in the bin. Um, Well, absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah, I think that um, especially with people ordering online, you know, a plant arrives, oh, it's got a broken leaf, oh, it's been knocked about, it's got a bent stem or one brown leaf. And people aren't willing to accept that that's natural and they'll be calling up the you know wherever they got the plant from and complaining about it well that only serves to have more plants chucked away because the sellers they won't risk sending out a plant that's got anything wrong with it because Mm. they know there'll be repercussions so actually they just get binned before they even you know see the light of day so to speak which is so wasteful it's just like the wonky veg (laughs) in the supermarkets right you know, we, we, we can agree that that is a really awful practice that we throw away, mm-hmm. you know, perfectly good food just because it doesn't look, you know, straight or whatever, or, ha- you know, what we imagine a perfect piece of fruit to look like. It just gets chucked away. It's the same as plants. And why do we allow that? Do you think it's also that people have got so disconnected from what plants actually look like in the wild? Like, whenever I go, yeah, I mean, whenever absolutely. I'm researching a particular plant, I'll go and look, and you, you know, there's various places you can look for these images of what these plants look like in habitat, and inevitably they look, you know, they're, they're beaten up, they've got bits taken yeah. off them, their, their leaves aren't perfect, and yet we expect our houseplants to be absolutely pristine and not to have any damage to their leaves i think that's a really important thing for us to try to do is to educate people and this is what you're doing is educating people about how what the best ways are to actually get these plants back to good health well and also just to accept that this is what plants look like And, and it's not necessarily you're doing something wrong it's just this is a natural life cycle of a plant it does discard its leaves you know once it's used them and and it's just learning to embrace that and appreciate that that is part of Mm. nature Mm. and and i'm really grateful to have the platform i do to to spread that word yeah it's a it's a great message and and we're here in your um open plan kitchen um with skylights above loads of wonderful hanging plants above us and I don't know where to start because there's so many lovely things here. You've got tough things up here that probably don't need that That's much it, water, yeah. like the, the um, ripsalis and things. What's your regime for these plants that are hanging um, below these skylights? Yeah, well, I do stand on the chair and the table get up there. But yeah, I, I, I tend to... You know, plants speak to you. They don't speak like we speak, but they speak to you in what they're trying to convey through their leaf, the way something's changed. So I would just keep a really you know close eye on what's going on and you just become in tune with your plants don't you like Mm. I I have loads but I kind of they have their own personalities and I sort of know when something needs something you know when somebody needs watering um and and it's just um a closeness with your plants engaging all your senses is really important it's it's why I don't use things like um uh, moisture meters yeah yeah you know use your finger yeah you know use your senses look at it and see that's the way you'll learn how to Mm. care for your plants properly intuitively by looking and just observing any changes and um so these these ones i've got i've got a step ladder and maybe they're all kind of a similar need up here i think Mm. so at Mm. the moment i'll I'll probably water about once a week yeah there's nothing that's i don't put anything up there that's really thirsty Mm. because the likelihood is it's going to wilt 
<laughs> yes. And do you get this is north facing here, so they're getting lots of um, lots of light, but not direct sunlight. Yeah, they're really very happy in here, especially the ones that hang underneath the skylight. They'll get, they're going to explode if we ever get some sun. Yes, it's it's been poor, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it has been a poor spring here in the UK, and that yeah. has definitely had an impact. Definitely. The other thing we must talk about are your rescue cacti. And you were saying earlier before we started recording that you've got a bit of an obsession with getting these big fellows and rescuing them. this type as well. I don't know what it is about them. I just find them extraordinary. Yeah, I guess they're... Are they Kleister cactus? Stro- uh, Straussy, is it? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. so yeah. The, the, the old man the cactus the old man or cactus. various other names they've got. But, I mean... I mean, they must be... You've got ones there that have got multiple stems, several feet tall. They must be a good... 10, 20 years at old, least, at least. At least. I mean, I think this one's probably about 25, I, I yeah. suspect. Yeah, I just can't help myself. <laughs> I, I, and even though, I, you know, I really shouldn't because I, I don't have the ideal house for cacti mm. um, and I don't have the room. So I think that's also an important thing to talk about with, you know, people filling their houses with plants. Um, is really you should look at what you can grow in your house and mm. that will lead to success. Whereas if you haven't got the right kind of light and you go and buy yourself a cactus, mm. a big cactus like this, the likelihood is it's not going to do that great if you can't provide it with bright, bright light. So mm. another reason I'm thinking of having a bit of a purge. <laughs> There's certain plants over here, for example, my alocasia over here, that's really unhappy. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. because I don't have bright light right now. Yeah. That's the problem with our weather, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it is very variable. And, you know, you can have grow lights, but uh, you, the amount of grow lights you would need... Well, exactly. ...unless you've got a very small collection... Um, and you know, you the can, energy that takes as well. Yeah, yes. yeah. You can spotlight a few plants, yeah. but it's just trying to uh, balance it out. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that it's wonderful to be able to rescue these venerable cacti, which... I think often come from people who've had them for years and they're too elderly to look after them. I think that's, that's oftentimes the case. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's a wonderful thing to be able to keep them going. Well, I dread to think what would have happened to, to the, the one I recently got, the big, what's that, six, seven-foot one there. Um, you know, when I went to pick it up, I could tell that that had come from an elderly person's home. And I just dread to think, you know, if that had gone mm. to these house clearance people, what would what would have become of this beautiful cactus mm. that had been loved mm. and nurtured by somebody all their lives? Um, you know, I, I dread to think. I think you're probably a bit like me in that you turn up, you rock up to pick up one of these plants and you're on your own. You're like, yes. I'm just going to figure it out as I go along. It's exactly that. <laughs> I had a mild panic on the way going, what if I can't lift it up? Or, yeah. but, you know, I just... Almost, I'm like the Hulk. I'm small, but when it comes to plants, <laughs> yes. I will lift anything exactly if it means I can take it home. Yeah, because my husband normally I'll kind of dupe him into going somewhere, right? With the idea that I know there's a plant I really want to pick up. We drove. I was like, I saw this one, and we just joined the National Trust. Right. We hadn't been to one yet, and I was like desperately looking yeah, for look- one. And I was like, Oh, should we go to? today and he was like sure it's quite far I was like yeah yeah I think we should go and I was like when I was there I was like can we just drive an extra hour and can we pick up a cactus and we're already in the car so you can see there yeah Yeah. exactly yeah no I mean this is the thing yeah it does the 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 lengths that we go to are are quite extreme my husband does, does get annoyed sometimes when he's brushing past things or things get knocked down yeah I mean, in, we're both sharing an office now and it's awful because literally I've got some sh- glass shelves with loads of plants on it and then there's like 
an area underneath which is just full of propagating <laughs> crap and he just tripping over things it's the same in this house it's terrible and in fact my poor dad he came to stay and got attacked in the shower by a cactus <laughs> and I did feel like oh maybe this is too much now and, and I often think do you know what that plant could have a better life somewhere else and I think that's a great thing to, to cling on to in that if you if you've got a network of people that you know where you can give plants away and you know they're going to be happy well I've got then, you now oh yeah exactly you're not leaving without oh, God. Okay, well, that's... I mean, so, yeah, you know, I, I won't around. say no. I yeah, will not say no around. to a cutting or two. I know you're, you're quite partial to a Ripsalis, and I am, we'll, yeah, we'll have a look at I'm that. Co- that Ripsalis are, I think, my new obsession. Um, and I would give you one of these. I think these are dragon fruit cactus. Oh, Hylosaurus, yes. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. don't want no, to... No, don't give me no, any crops, please. I know, it's... Well... Actually, but do you have a rabbit's foot fern? Well, you know, I was looking at that and I don't I, I purged my ferns a couple oh, of years ago so because did, I had terrible scale but I've never had the rabbit's foot fern oh. um, and I just purged ferns because I thought I know how to grow ferns but I just don't have enough interest in them to give them the, that, that level of care that I yeah, need actually since need. then I think actually I, if I was going to have another fern or like a more high maintenance fern I think I would do it slightly differently in terms of I'd have it on a self-watering system. That's the key. And make it easy, easier for myself. But on the other hand, I think I'm maturing as a plant parent, I I finally, well. in I that I'm I saying am. I focus on particular genera mm. and I don't have to have every plant. Yeah. But I do love those rabbit foot ferns. Well, you'll, you'll get on really well with the rabbit foot because Is actually it, it's... It's just it, that rhizome. You know, it's up there. And I was saying the, the plants up there, they literally kind of look after themselves mm. and that's up there. So that tells you how easy yeah. it is to care for. It's not yeah. like your maidenhair or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But yeah, going back to ferns and the self-watering mm. pots, that mm. is the key to keeping them. Mm. Bright light, self-watering pot, Bob's your uncle. Yeah. You can have ferns. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The other things I've got in self-watering pots are the fishbone cactus, Epiphyllum anguligo. And that is growing like a weed in a self-watering pot. Well, funny enough, I've got one outside. You know it's been so wet. Mm. It's doing really well. Yeah, they do like quite a lot of moisture. Mm. And also my, my, my Easter cactus, I've just switched it over actually, but it is in a china pot filled with laker in the bottom, wet, and then a nylon wick going up into the bottom of a plastic pot. And that's like this really happy. Here. Yeah, sort of similar to that setup there where you, I've just described this. So this is a lovely bird's nest fern. Now these, I'm so nostalgic about these because I remember growing them as a child. But I love this method. So simple. Plastic bottle, cut in half, turned upside down. The plant in the top half, the, the mouth end with that, the entry pointing down. And then you've got the water being sucked up through a wick, which is... That's how Perfect. you, re- you know, don't don't throw your plastic bottles in landfill. Yeah, you know, recycle them. Just you know, repurpose them into something. I think it's concepts. I think it's the Plant Daddy podcast that does the same, but with glass bottles. 
with question of the week, which comes from Cara and concerns an avocado. And Cara's email carried the subject line, avocado plant refuses to branch. Yes, it's one of those avocado plants that probably millions of people sprouted in the last year. But this one is reaching for the sky with no intention of bushing out at all. Cara has done a big chop and the plant produced a side shoot and then just went on growing up and up and up. So Cara wants to know whether to chop it again. The plan is to make it shorter and bushier. What can she do? Well, I think every plant responds differently to pruning. Sometimes you'll find that one chop is enough to make an avocado really put out loads of side shoots and become much more bushy, but some just seem to want to go skywards. There's no harm in making another chop, Cara. I reckon that you could chop the new growth back to the lowest node. That's the point where the leaf meets the stem and not do any harm, certainly. The only thing is you might end up with a plant that looks rather strange if it's just going to keep on going up, <laughs> but it will branch eventually. But looking at the plant, it really only has one leaf on it so far. And the danger is that you're going to chop it and take off that only source of photosynthetic power. So what I would do, Cara, is leave it for the moment. Let those leaves develop. I think I can see on the stem that there are some leaf buds developing. I would let those leaves develop. For a start, that will make the plant look more bushy just by adding to the foliage. It will also give the chance to just build up its reserves and also put some roots down in what looks to be quite a large pot for it. So yeah, I would just leave it for the moment if you can bear it. Maybe put it outside for the summer if you have the opportunity to do so and have another look at it in a couple of months time. You don't want to leave it too long to prune it because you don't want to be pruning it just as the plant will be possibly going into a rest period in the autumn and winter. That said, I wouldn't do it now. Let those leaves mature, let the plant develop a bit more. If you chop it too soon, then you're just kind of stalling the plant's engine before it's had a proper chance to get going. I always recommend with avocado plants that you start a few off. That allows you to have a number of different plants and see which ones look best. Because as I say, every avocado plant looks different responds differently to pruning. And I think sometimes it's down to the kind of avocado that you are planting, because obviously there's different cultivars that are used for avocado farming. So I would probably start off a couple more avocados. And of course, you can listen back to my avocado episode where I describe the plastic bag technique for shooting. If you didn't use that before, do give it a go. I'll stick a link to that in the show notes. So I'd get a few more going and then A, you'll have a forest of avocados. B, you'll then be able to select the very finest specimen to keep and maybe give away the others. I do love growing things from kitchen scraps and it's so much fun. But the best thing about it is, is you can just try lots of different stuff and see what works. So with the new avocados, you might end up chopping some, leaving others and seeing what looks best. The world is your oyster or possibly your papaya. I don't know. I hope that helps, Cara. And if anyone else has a question for On The Ledge, I would be delighted to help. Drop a line to ontheledgepodcast at gmail.com. Include a picture. Uh, lots of people end up contacting me via my contact page on my website, which is fine, but it just does mean that you can't put a picture in there. So 
Just memorise or write down that email address on the ledge podcast at gmail.com and then you can put a load of pictures in there so I can really see what's going on. And now let's head back to Hertfordshire for more of my chat with Sarah Gerard-Jones. I move my plants around constantly. Do constantly. you find this as well? I can spend an entire day moving them yeah. around. But I love it. It's therapeutic. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, that's, that's my hobby. Yeah. I mean, I don't tend to do very much out in the garden, as you can see. It's just lawn. But I indoor garden. And that's it, my thing. It is so fun. And there's you've got so many lovely specimens here. I mean... I'm loving your um, your ripsalis of various kinds. What I'm the giant cacti. I can never remember what the name of that aroid is. There that's is that a, uh, philodendron that's Florida, Florida, Florida ghost. Well, it's not or Florida ghost, something. Just Florida, just Florida. Just Florida, isn't it? Yeah. It's not the, the ghost is the, the variegated one. But uh, um, that was a well. 80% of these plants are rescues. That was rescued from a wholesaler. I found it literally behind the oh. shelves, and it. Um, completely flopped down it's a large plant it was mm. probably six foot tall um and it had grown too big for it supporting oh okay. it all flopped over it looked yeah. so sad um so I, I brought that home i actually gave it quite a chop back because that's one of the things i tend to do with a plant that's not looking great i tend to just go for the chop mm. quite quickly mm. because i think it reinvigorates it um so that's busy recovering over there but this here the um, bird of paradise. <laughs> you have chopped that. That was brought to me. Um, mm. Instagram is brilliant for so many things, and there's a lot of um, plant companies that contact me now if they've got oh, plants okay. that are, are so beautiful, they don't want to mm. throw them away. They'll mm. contact me and say, Hey, do you want this? So this arrived one day with a seven foot Apuntia. Okay. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> My husband was like, what are you doing? Anyway, this arrived and it was really severely... I think it had gotten really cold mm. and it's also quite wet. Mm. So I just chopped it thinking I mean, we were going to have summer or spring. Yeah, you thought it was going to shoot. We've had, we've had the literally the worst weather, so it's just sat there. But it's still green, so I have hope. Yeah, I mean, it's well, you've got a sort of a two-foot, three-foot stump there. I think it probably will. It needs to be outside yeah. in some warm sun. Yes, to, exactly. To, you know, exactly. But my bird of paradise is not thanking me right now. <laughs> well, I think there's good potential. I, there's hope, right? I mean, like, it's a huge... It's got a huge, you know, um, root system there, which hopefully has got enough energy to Do poke out some I new so. I have hope. growth. Yeah, but come on, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah the rain time. last night was not oh, fun. I mean, I would, the other thing we should say, we haven't mentioned your dog yet, who is now oh. doing what my dog does, uh, which is lying on the sofa. But you do have, have a, a baby with it, yeah. uh, another Wolfie. And, uh, yeah, it's very, I mean, that's the only reason why I came, really. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it is lovely to well, have our parallel any... lives, I mean. I know. Seriously. It's a bit spooky. Minus the cats. It is, Minus the cats. It, yeah, it is a bit spooky. And obviously both books as well. Maybe. Yes. Now, tell me about your book. Well, it's not going to be out until next year. Do you have a working... Is it an actual title or a working title? Well, I think it's an actual title. Yeah. Yeah, it's the book your houseplants want you to buy. Oh, that's a good. T- that's a very good Thank title. You. Did you come up with that? We or was did that... come up with that. Yes. But, but basically, it's it's kind of speaking to you from the plant's point of view mm. and what they want from this arrangement. Yeah. 
um, it's kind of like plant activism mm. and it's also about um, just being a bit more mindful about being a plant grower you know mm. we, we tend to think oh our plants are green or we're so eco-friendly because we've got all these plants but actually the industry itself is not completely without its faults mm. and particularly you know waste throwing things away throwing plants away throwing pots away you know those plastic mm. pots you know, when plants get thrown away, they don't save those pots. Yeah. So it's just yeah. adding to this plastic disaster that we're facing. Mm. So, so the book is um, just about um, don't give up on your plants. Don't turn a blind eye, a blind eye to the plants that are, you know, suffering on the shelves. Instead of going for the perfect one, maybe go for the one that's, mm. you know, a bit thirsty. Because that's easy to rectify, isn't it? Just, again, I, I, again I, I'm totally with you. And I that's the first place I go in the garden centre is the bargain. Well, we love a bargain. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like looking at all the bedraggled plants and knowing that, you know, outside or inside, well, actually that will grow back from um, a rhizome or whatever. That's a, you know, that's a very satisfying thing to think that you can revive something. Yeah, perfect pl- I don't buy that many perfect plants. I can't think of the last time I bought a perfect plant from a garden centre because well, for you. it's almost more of a challenge actually because what then happens is you've got this perfect plant and it comes home to you and then it has to have this sort of rather gnarly process of adaptation to your conditions and it's not because I'm not giving it the right care it's just because it's been in a humid greenhouse with perfect light and so that i find that less satisfying as a process than getting a cutting or reviving a plant to that's, make it I've look better i've never thought about it before but that's completely right so maybe part of the reason i'm doing this is because when i bring a, a sad plant home it's you know nine times out of ten it's going to look better but actually you know when you bring a perfect one home nine times out of ten it's <laughs> it going to look worse, worse. <laughs> the only way is up if it's looking terrible then yeah you can you can make you can improve it I, um, I also talk about what a great teacher a plant can be if mm. it's um unhealthy mm. you you know you wouldn't necessarily chop down a perfect plant to see if it regrows but i don't have that fear with the ones that literally it's life or death here mm. Well, I may as well try. And then you learn something new and you think, oh, well, I can use that, you know, in some, mm. something else. Mm. So, you know, a, a, it's a great teacher, basically. I've learned everything from rescuing plants just mm. by experimenting. Mm. You've got nothing to lose, really, haven't nothing you? Because if, if it's going to die anyway, you may as well try this exactly. technique that you never tried before because it could be successful. And if it is, then you've learned Such something new. It's so rewarding. Yeah. It's an addictive feeling. And why I have so many plants because I can't stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> but like you do to the gym or something, you know. It's the, yeah. the endorphins yeah. that you get. From, oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, but do you find now that you are kind of when you do, you're happy to hand plants on to somebody else to sort of streamline your collection and also pass on the joy to somebody else? Absolutely. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I just want to pass all the ones on that have made it and um, yeah, and I don't want to fill my house with too many anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you know the stars in here get lost mm. and I want to see the stars in here like the you know the beautiful the old cactuses you know they feel yeah. like they, they should be centre stage but mm. they're just lost amongst mm. yeah I don't want to stop rescuing though but I will be more targeted I think in what I rescue and how tell, what's the process so where are you getting these plants from you're going into the, the garden centre and looking at the, the bargain rack yeah. but also are you are you scout because I people say oh I found this on the side of the road and I'm thinking why don't I ever find plants on the side of the road once in the, in five years do you, where are you looking to 
where do you get these rescue plants from? Do well, they come to you now? Well, actually, can you see this olive, olive tree? tree yes. came yesterday from an, um, a follower. Okay. I mean, I don't tend to do outside plants. Mm. I'm just really interested in the house plants. But I have an olive tree that I literally stuck in the ground that I rescued from an office, I don't know how many years ago. I just stuck it in the ground, and mm. it's taller than the well, extension now. So I, I said to her, sure, drop your you know, stick of an olive tree and I'll see what I can do. But um, a, lot of the, a lot of the rescues I look for on, we've talked about this before, about Facebook Marketplace and mm-hmm. Gumtree and eBay mm-hmm. are great places to look for the weird and wonderful and the abused. Uh, <laughs> but, but the, you know, mainly I will go to DIY shops, supermarkets, garden centres... All those kind of places. Yeah, yeah. But when, what about when things go wrong? You, you, like all of us, you have problems with pests. What's your approach to dealing with f- f- when things go horribly wrong? Horribly wrong. <laughs> pests, they used to really stress me out. And I used to get so annoyed. I think, oh, I've done so well, you know, rescuing this plant. And now it's got, you know, whatever, mealybugs mm. in me. What a pain. But I've learned that it's nature these pests you know you have plants you have plants in your garden you're going to get slugs you have house plants you're going to get these pests and Mm. i don't hit them with chemicals i don't think that's the right approach for me personally and i've been loving the beneficial um insects yes i've been loving that journey i mean let's be honest it's not a hundred percent successful all of the time but it's Mm. fascinating Mm. and it's it's like having an ecosystem inside mm. and I have no problem with releasing mites all over my house because if you think about it your house is not this sterile environment it's full of spiders and whatever else yeah there's probably like 50 species exactly. of mites in your house already some of them on your face honestly, I, don't, I really don't understand people saying oh I don't I don't like the idea of mites no so so I I no longer stress myself out about bugs mm. because it's part of growing plants indoors mm. you're going to get them so why bother stressing? You know, you can. I I I go for the option of keeping them under control rather yeah. than eradication. So what's your process? You get a plant that you've rescued. You you bring it home. What's your kind of step by step assess way to assess a new plant? I like to think it's like a plant Cluedo. <laughs> this is the game I play. And, and if you go to the garden centre, normally it's very obvious what the problem is. Like yeah. you can see that it's not had any light, or the soil is like you know sawdust it's just disintegrating so it's very dry but it's it's just narrowing down what you think has caused the problem Mm. um it's more difficult when there's a lot of yellow leaves because then you have to disturb the roots and find out if they're rotting um but most of the time it's superficial what's gone wrong like i say it just needs watering Mm. or Mm. there's some damaged leaves um so, yeah, it's, it's usually quite a simple thing to rectify. Mm. I realised that early on, that actually just giving a plant light can solve so many of its problems. Mm. And this is why I think so many people struggle and have ailing plants, because they fail to give it the, the light it needs. And if it doesn't have the light it needs, it's going to start getting these ailments. Um, I don't call it overwatering. It's more like an underlit plant. You know, you, you're not... You're not giving it the appropriate amount of light to use the water that you're giving it, so therefore it's going to start suffering. So yeah, I, I found that it was really simple adjustments that would mm. help it recover. Like I used to feel a little bit like a fraud because I'd show this plant on Instagram that looked awful, and all I would do would be give it a drink, 
put on my windowsill and within a month or so it looked amazing mm. so it's not it's not rocket science and, and yeah. why I think everybody should give it a go because a lot of these problems are so easy to rectify mm. and um, it saves that plant from being chucked away and if you can find that light space to put a plant then hopefully all will be good we also should mention though that i think a lot of people fall into the trap um and i've certainly fallen into this trap of thinking that a cactus that's been in a very dark place can be suddenly put in a bright Bright, sunlight and that obviously is another (laughs) we've both learned the hard way yeah i've learned the hard way with that very much very much and yeah that is devastating so um the challenges are numerous but i mean it's wonderful that you've got this brilliant collection and that it's you. giving you this whole new life and a book I mean, well, how I awesome is that that is incredible and who would have thought that instagram could lead to somewhere like that i mean yeah. becoming an author i mean it's fabulous you know we go on about how much we dislike social media but actually for me it's been mm. just the most positive thing mm. and I, I i generally think people on there are, are pretty nice i've never had haters i don't know about you but no no i generally think it's quite a nice place to be and i'm very yeah. grateful you know, yeah. from my platform well, I'm really glad to have had the chance to come and see your collection. What I love and what people have often said to me, oh, you know, um, aren't you annoyed that there's all these, you know, young people growing plants? What are you talking about? Like, of course not. That's not, it's, the That's more great, people are growing it? plants, the better, yeah. because that means they have cuttings that I can take. Uh, and, and you Plus, must go and take cuttings. <laughs> like, that wasn't a cue. <laughs> That wasn't a cue, but actually, no, and again, great. that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful community and support network, and and even really young kids. My my yeah. friends have got really young kids who are into plants, which I just think is so lovely. Like I'm I'm going to be doing like a mini terrarium workshop for oh, my lovely. my um, friends' kids soon, and I just think that's so lovely. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic thing. I mean, we we all know we knew this already. We still know it, but it, it's a good thing to emphasise that. Uh, Plant people are lovely and yeah. it, it, it's a wonderful thing that's brought so much joy to all our lives. So I'm very glad to have finally met you, Sarah. Likewise. go and check out the show notes and also Sarah's Instagram the plant rescuer for some images of the plants we talk about and of Sarah's beautiful home that is all for this week's show I do hope you have a week that surpasses your expectations and if you're going to be at the houseplant festival on Monday do come and say hi I will have some on the ledge stickers with me bye in this episode was Roll Jordan Roll by The Joy Drops, The Road We Used to Travel When We Were Young by Kumiku, and I Snossed, I Lost by Dr. Turtle. The ad music was Dill Pickles by the Heftone Banjo Orchestra. All tracks are licensed under Creative Commons. Visit the show notes for details.